Welcome back to The Drive Home with Timothy. We got some stuff to talk about today. Um, got Timothy here with me. And uh, let's get right into it. Let's turn down the music, please, Tim. Can I call you Tim? Thank you. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were watching uh, Waco on Netflix, and we were shocked, appalled, heartbroken, infuriated by the use of tear gas by federal agents on a basically peaceful cult, although they were stockpiling weapons, but they had been peaceful. And in an effort to quote-unquote save them, federal agents raided their compound, bulldozed it with tanks, threw in tear gas for four hours. Ultimately, just about everybody inside was killed. Um, And it was shocking and infuriating that the government would do this, that they would put that much force into this situation after a 51-day standoff with their own citizens who had been peaceful. Although, I mean, yeah, they're brainwashed into a polygamous cult, but what are you going to do about that? That's always going on. So then within a couple of weeks, we're seeing the same tear gas, which everybody's talking about the fact that it was outlawed by the Geneva Convention in use for use in war. You cannot use this stuff on Nazis or Al-Qaeda. And yet, we're seeing the same tear gas being used in our own streets in the United States of America in 2020. And why not? You know, this year's brought so much. <laughs> Throw a little tear gas on top and see if it gets better. But it's being used on, on protesters that it started as a Black Lives Matter uh, situation. And, and maybe it still is, but the streets were flooded not just by black people, but by people of all races, people of both genders, people of all religions, uh, both political parties, people sort of came together in solidarity to show, you know, black people saying, we want to be heard, this is not right, things need to change, and people who are not black showing up in the streets saying, we hear you, we see you, and we're with you, and the response to that by the police is to show up dressed up like gosh damn Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with all their weapons and the shells and the nunchucks and all that stuff and body armor and helmets looking like you just got out of a triathlon and they're pepper spraying people out their windows, they're firing uh, flash grenades and rubber bullets and um, and not just at the the black people, I mean this is, again, everybody showed up in support for the Black Lives Matter protests. Now, I think it's worth mentioning, in this country, we do not hate black people. That's not the problem that we have. Although there are those who want to frame it that way. This country does not hate black people. We love black people. We can't get enough of the black people in, in, in our lives. You, there was just, ESPN just did a 10-hour, 10-hour documentary on a black person that aired for two hours a night for on Sunday nights for five weeks in a row, and this entire country tuned in and was riveted and couldn't stop talking about it all week long. The following week, 
for two weeks after that, there was a documentary ESPN did at the same time on the same channel about a white person, and nobody cared. In fact, most of you are just finding out right now that that documentary even existed. I'm not going to tell you who it is. got to go look it up. It was nobody that we care about. And it's not just because one was black and then the other was white. But we love black people in this country. Our, our favorite musician in history was black for a while, Michael Jackson. Remember the Thriller album? Remember the videos? Black Michael Jackson was amazing. We loved that. It was like the best-selling record of all time up to that point. And then he went and he turned himself white, and we turned him into a pedophile. And we're like, you got a you got a Ferris wheel in the background. Macaulay Culkin's over there. We don't trust what you're doing with these kids. You got monkeys running around. He turned himself white, and now we don't trust him anymore. So to act like we don't like black people or we don't trust them or they're dangerous, no. White anybody who knows a lot, if you know a lot of black people and a lot of white people, who do you trust more? The white people, they're the sketchy ones, especially when they smile, right? Um, and they smile a lot because of that white privilege you've been hearing about so much. Anyway, so I, I think it's interesting, and I'm, of course, not the first person to say this, that in a situation where we have people taking to the streets, uh, protesting police brutality, and in this case against a black person, that the police respond by saying, if you want to be equal, we will make you equal right now with our rubber bullets and our tear gas and our pepper spray and our barricades and our little Ninja Turtle helmets and we're going to dress up like RoboCop and we're going to march around your city and scare the hell out of everybody. We're going to push 75-year-old men down until they hit their head and bleed out of their ear. We're going to shoot female camera women in the eye and blind them. We're going to shoot other film crews uh, with rubber bullets. <coughs> it's it, the, the response by the police has been amazing and horrifying and bewildering. And it's not the police officers that are the problem. We'll get to that in a second. But my thought here is that this will hopefully actually produce change. Because as much as we love black people in this country, we've been seeing them be the victims of police brutality and profiling for as long as I can remember. I was pretty young when Rodney King happened, and there were riots in L.A., and the whole narrative about, well, white cops are unnecessarily being violent to black people. We've known that was wrong, but we've, we've gotten used to it. Unfortunately, we're desensitized to it because we've seen black men killed by white cops on camera before. Now, what we have is a seemingly endless stream of footage of police officers going really hard and heavy at peaceful protesters who in some cases are doing nothing. There is footage of people standing next to a road simply standing in the middle of the day, no curfew in place, and the police driving down the road and spraying out of both sides of the car pepper spray at the crowds. Crowds who have seemingly done nothing wrong. There might be some context to those videos. There hopefully is some sort of explanation for why this is going on. But we're not used to seeing this type of police response to seemingly peaceful protesters. And I know there are some who aren't peaceful. The vast majority are. There are some looters. Um, there are some who are taking violent action against police and others. That's the minority. 
That's the minority. So the police show up and they, they're battering everybody. And this might be the footage that's going to last forever of this might actually be what produces change. Because you can only, you can, it's different. Listen, people being beat up in the streets by police officers, that's been happening. But it hasn't been white women when you see frail little white women shrieking because they're being shot in the head with rubber bullets, that's where change comes out because people aren't going to let that go. As sad as it is, and it, yeah, black lives matter and all lives matter and blue lives matter and all, I mean, basically lives matter, but there are some that produce a more visceral, re- visceral reaction because they seem more helpless and an unarmed 110-pound white woman getting shot with rubber bullets, that's, that's a different image. A 75-year-old white man being pushed and bleeding out of his ear, and at the time of this recording, he's still in the hospital. It's been several days. That's a different image, and that can bring about a different type of change in terms of finding, it a necess- a, finding the necessity to police the police and say, who's actually watching the people who are watching the store? And that's an important thing because, because the people who are really running this country, we've talked about this before, the Illuminati, lizard people, the elite ruling class, the shadow government, who are whatever you want to call them at the top, these are not just people who are wealthy, but they're billionaires. And it's not just the billionaires, or it's not all billionaires. It's the billionaires who, who own the politicians, who go to those little Bilderberger meetings where they go to a private island and they decide what are we going to do this year to control people or, yeah, I mean, look it up. Um, but people, the people who control the information above everything else, people who make sure that when election time comes, you have two bad options and they control the information so they make you take one side or the other. They make it very, very difficult to step out and criticize both of them equally. This is how we end up with Trump versus Hillary. Two awful, awful candidates. You can go to any city in this country, walk into a law firm or an accounting firm or a 7-Eleven and find two people who are more qualified to run this country than the two candidates that we had in the last election. Right, now we have a giant toddler in the White House. I've said before, he's not the problem. He is a symptom of the problem. He is not the virus that makes you sick. He is the nausea, vomiting, and horrific hemorrhagic diarrhea that comes as a result of the problem. Donald Trump is simply, he's a sideshow. But the problem is the division that we allow the people from up above to create among us down below because they control the information and they're not going to let go. It's not going to happen. A revolution is not going to happen by, by an election, by the voting. It's because they control the candidates and they control the narrative around the candidates. So they put in the White House who they want to put in the White House. And in every, every meaningful Uh, place in this country, any meaningful leadership position, they have a giant say in who gets in there, right? So if they're going to lose their power, it's going to be a blood in the streets revolution. There is so much for them to gain 
and they understand what they would be losing if they lost control. So they will not give up without blood in the streets. And I'm not saying that's what this is. I am saying if and when a blood in the streets revolution begins, it will look a lot like this, where you have peaceful people on one side, and on the other side you have over-militarized police carrying out the will of the lizard people at the top. And it, again, it's not that this is not the cops' fault any more than if if you go to war, it's the decision to go to war is not the decision of the soldiers, right? These cops, they don't want to be ninja turtles. They want to be they, a lot of them, most of them signed up to serve and protect. And so when when you see people criticizing the police. You're like, no, I know police officers. Jerry next door, he's a cop, and that guy, he's great. You go trick-or-treating, he gives out full-size candy bars, and he doesn't make a lot of money. So full-size candy, that's a big deal, you know? Jerry's a good guy. I'm taking the side of the police. But on the other side of you, you've got Steve, and Steve's black. And you know that Steve matters. He's a black life, and he matters. And on on, on Halloween, he doesn't give out full-size candy bars, but he's a good guy. You don't have to give out full-size candy bars to be a good guy. I don't know why you guys keep thinking that. But the point is, you don't have to pick one side or the other. You don't have to say, well, I know the police, and the police are good. Most of them are doing their best, so I'm going to take the side of the police. And you don't have to say, well, I know Steve, and Steve's good. Black people are good. Um, I know and love people who don't look like me. Anybody who is a person of color, black, brown, Latino. I don't know whether Asians are people of color because some of them are just not even colored full. But the other ones, some of them are. Like, I don't know what all that means. But if you know people who look, don't look like you and you recognize that they're not different from you, then you understand the Black Lives Matter movement. It's not anti-police and police are not anti-black. The problem is the people who control the information, they still want to keep you divided. So even with what's going on in the streets, which is not a problem of black versus white or cop versus non-cop, it's a problem of the way that force is used and defended in this country, right? Excessive force is obviously happening right now. Obviously. But, the, but they want to paint it in such a way that if you say that the, the police should not be militarized in riot gear out there, then you're anti-police, right? And if you say, well, the police need to protect themselves, so they do need to be out there doing something for themselves, well, then now, now you're against Black Lives Matter. No, it's not, that's not the division at all. The division is the lizard people that want to control you by militarizing the police. And the, and the, the, the cops at some point are ordered to go and do things and things that they hopefully don't believe in, in terms of, uh, you know, violence against peaceful people. And to their credit, there are many who don't. There are always going to be some, there are going to be some people who just, you know, got the shit kicked out of them in high school. And so now they're a cop and they got a gun and a badge and they're like, if anybody crosses me, I'm going to make you respect me. It's not going to be like when we were in high school and I couldn't read and, and, you know, redneck Billy over there. Now he, he made it on the police force. And now the first chance he gets to go after the Black Lives Matter movement, he's like, well, listen, I, I never even was all that down with that anyway. And he goes over and just starts firing off flash grenades into the crowd. So that guy, that guy has a problem. Most of the cops are not that guy. 
right? The point is, this could be the beginning of something big if, if we stay together. Don't let them divide you. Don't let them separate you and make, this, make you think this is about right versus left versus like everything else. They make everything about right versus left. Right? If you take one side of this and then in November, when you vote either right or left, you think you're part of the solution. Oh, good. My guy won. So I'm part, now things are going to change. We won. Or my guy lost, but you know what? I'm going to spend four years plotting how to get my guy back in. That's not the thing. That's not the thing. You're missing the thing. The thing is, they have all the cards. They've got the money. The, the deck is stacked in their favor as long as we think it's stacked in their favor. Right? This is a call to intellectual revolution. Timothy. Yeah. I'm talking, I'm looking straight at you. Call to intellectual revolution. No more blood in the streets. That's how they win. No more voting for their candidates. That's how they win. Just love your brother on one side of your house and on the other side. Love Steve. Steve's lives matter. Steve lives matter. Uh, Hashtag Steve lives matter. And on the other side, Jerry the cop, he matters too. I don't know. There's a bee on my car now. There's this giant bumblebee. I can never get out of this vehicle. There's this giant bumblebee that just landed on my windshield. Oh, man. All right. Stay together. Stay strong. Stay. Remember who you are. And (laughs) I never know how to end these, but I love you all.